Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to Basement Side. I'm your host, Deke. I'm here today with Matt Dev and Brian, also known as Bitch, or so he says, here to talk about Half-Life Alex. How are you liking it so far, gentlemen? I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. Show's over. Yeah, it's is good. It, <laughs> is it Half-Life or is it something weird? Um, it's so this is a funny answer to like give because I think this is also like a question that I think everybody has asked is like, is it Half-Life or not? It, it has the same sort of like recipe that a Half-Life game will have where it's like a combination of the puzzles with the shooting, with the story, with like the environmental kind of interaction. But I think the biggest difference, at least so far, and I'm only like three hours into it, right? So I'm not like super far, is that the environmental interaction part is like ramped up to like 11. Like it is insane how different that part is. But I mean, it's, it is a Half-Life game. Like it, it feels like a Half-Life game, so. Yeah, it looks like Half-Life, right? Old Half-Life games, the kind of progression and stuff was Half-Life 1, you could pick up stuff. Half-Life 2 is like you can throw away, throw around stuff and there's the gravity gun. And this game seems to take that to a whole new like level. Um, one of the things that looked really interesting to me watching you guys play on your VODs is the the way that the, the gloves interact with the, 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 the environment. Maybe one of you guys could talk a little bit about how the index haptic feedback feels in the game and how that actually ties into the gameplay. I'll give my input on it first. I uh, I really like it. So, and to go back to what you just said before, I definitely feels like a Half Life game to me. I just played through episode one and two before playing this, and uh, I forgot how much I, you know, I just didn't remember because it's been so long. But so it's definitely. What was it like going back to those? Did they feel dated? Did they feel pretty fresh still? Uh, I I mean the graphics are dated obviously, but at the yeah. same time it's, you know, I mean like the. What am I trying to say? Like the, the conversations you're having with Alex through it, you know, like the, the story is great. I, I, I'm one of those people that plays for the story, you know, multiplayer is fun. Yes. But I'm more of a story. I'm a story bitch. So, um, I'm definitely big into that. So going back to this, it's definitely picking up, I'm not saying it's picking up where it left off. Cause obviously this is before, but it's definitely got that same feel to me. And then when you're in it and you're looking around the room as if you're really in the room, it's, like a whole nother level. It's awesome. And the detail is obviously a lot sharper. You know, you can interact with pretty much everything you see, like bottles, cans, you pick up an empty can and it squishes in your hand, stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, and can you feel the squish? Uh, I wouldn't say so. No. Um, like I messed with it a little bit, you know, just like seeing what buttons I could poke and you know, what I could do pervertedly, you know, with everything I picked up, but you know, flipping, flipping the characters <laughs> off in the game, stuff like that. <laughs> but it's it's definitely one of the most immersive VR games that I've played. And there's a few that I would say are up there close to it with some regards, but even then, they only have certain things that you can do that are close to Half-Life. Half-Life seems like they just polished everything in the room. It's, it's pretty slick. It's a yeah, cool feeling. The, the haptic thing is funny because like this is like the first game I've played because I mostly play like, you know, racing simulators on VR, like which is a completely different vibe. 
but like the the haptic feedback is funny on the index because you like actually feel the individual fingers kind of and so it'll like vibrate that portion of the hand of the um controller sorry and so that part is like super bizarre feeling like it's even to the point where like if you just press with your index finger you just feel it on your index finger it's kind of weird um but also great the other thing that's interesting about it too and this this part i don't really it doesn't feel like a half-life game but i think that's okay is that like the the actual dialogue to me feels a lot more like a port like portal did um, and I know this is like similar because the writer I think was the same, if I remember correctly, like the person that did a lot of the dialogue writing from Portal did this, but it's like got that same sort of like quirky, like oddly satirical element to it in a lot of ways um, to the point where it's actually really funny. And so like it, previous Half-Life games were much more serious, right? There wasn't like a ton of comic relief, but this one is like, they've also ramped the comedy side and this sort of like self-awareness side of it up significantly. Yeah, it seems like that's the way things are going in general. Self-awareness kind of comedy. I'm seeing yep. Repairman in the chat tripping in saying two-thirds of the guys who wrote Portal were on this project. So that kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah, uh, nice. And it is very, it feels like exactly like that, like in, in the same in the same vein. It's just like, there's this one joke that, that they made that I thought was just fucking hilarious. So like, we were talking about earlier the whole flashlight piece um, where basically like that's that's so far is one of my favorite parts of this game is that when you're using a flashlight, everything is dark around you except for the part that you're like actually illuminating and your character, Alex, gets like scared during that part, um, like right before you get the actual flashlight. Right. And then the the guy, I forgot his name, who's talking in your ear. He like makes this joke. He's just like, oh, yeah, this this flashlight is activated based on what your fear level is because she gets scared in the dark and. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Did you find it funny too, Brian? I actually didn't get that far. Uh, Matt said he got about three hours in. I played it for a little over an hour, and I'm probably about 10 or 15 minutes in technically. So, Yeah, the, it, it takes a lot of getting used to. Like, it's, it's very different in terms of just how you interact with it. The, it it's, it's, it's just not like anything you've ever experienced. The whole reload mechanic too, like all that stuff, the movement, it's just different, right? And it's, I think it's gonna be jarring for a lot of people. It was for me. I know what it was for you, Brian. So, yeah, Speaking that's movement. That's, Go ahead. That yeah, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that that's that's the one thing that took me the longest was, you know, it's like at one point early on in the game, it was telling me to hit a certain button, like to push it down and then let go to do a jump. So I'm like, oh, okay. In my in my mind, I'm thinking it's gonna make me do like one of those long jumps or something similar that we played in Half-Life 1, you know, when you're, you know, or, or even in like the new Black Mesa where you do, you do like a, like a long jump type thing, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. So I'm expecting to be jolted forward, like in a different way. Instead, it's like, you can see like these little feet on the ground, like where it's telling you you're going to go, but I'm supposed to get over this wall. And I'm like, how in the hell do I get over this thing? It's not letting me like cast it over it, even though I can see the arch of my cast, so to speak, ahead of time. But once I do that, I'm still in front of the wall. Like I could not get over the wall for the life of me. And then ended up figuring out they want you to go on the wall like this little tiny beam and then jump off from there so like little things like that just didn't register in my head according to what they were saying on the screen if that makes sense yeah the other thing too that i, I and i'm still not used to this part at all yet is the reload mechanic like that is like when you're in like a fight and you have to like eject your clip 
reach over your shoulder, load the clip, and then like cock the gun because you ran out of it versus just like smashing the R button. Like you have like a panic attack because you got like six monsters coming at you and you're trying to like reload your gun. You can't remember the combination. This sounds tense as fuck. It is like not second nature at all yet. And so I think it'll it'll come in time. Like um, I'm getting used to that, but like those things are just, it's just so different. The, um, the gravity gloves though, I feel like we're totally, that felt natural right away for me at least. Yeah, that's, that's another thing I struggled with. Like, so Matt, when you first used it and they were teaching you how to like pick up objects off the, or off the ground or off the shelves and like flick it towards yourself, did you mm-hmm. pick that up pretty? The, the part that I struggled with at first with it, so it, it, it was definitely faster to learn that mechanic for me compared to other things at least. But um, the part that, that took me a bit was that when you actually like kind of grab, like squeeze the object, you actually need to squeeze the trigger as well which I yep. assume that you didn't have to do that. And so that took a little bit of getting used to. But once I kind of made that connection, like it was totally fine. Yeah, I I, I mean, I started getting it <laughs> an hour into it a little bit better, but I, I just like, I do it like one way, you know, like basically the right way. And then I don't know if I would just forget like one little piece of it, but I'd, I'd be sitting there like, you, I'm sure everybody was watching me and just watch me like flick my wrist over and over and over. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, type thing. So I'm just like, flick, flick. That's like, that actually brings up a really good point too. So like this this was something that I thought was interesting. So I, I picked it up. I played it three separate times today. I had to kind of take breaks in between because it's it it is um a, a little bit it, it's very stimulating I guess. So I can't play it for more than say an hour and a half at a time. Um, so I took a. Do you get motion sick, Matt? Um, so I don't get motion sickness. So I was getting motion sick when I had the. Uh, joystick movement where you actually like don't use the teleport that definitely like made me feel like I was going to pass out um, but the it's just it because it's like so much I need to like go get some fresh air just to like bring myself back to reality in a lot of ways huh. um, it's a it's a really weird feeling but when I would go back to start it back up again I, I felt like I did have to like relearn the elements a little bit so like had to remember how that flick action was and, and again like once you like pick it back up again it's second nature again but like figuring out like, oh, I need to actually reload things in this particular order, right? Um, so that that part is weird. And I, I know I'm going to play again tonight and it's going to have that same thing. I'm going to be like, oh yeah, that's how you actually flick the stuff with the gravity gloves to like catch it in your hand, right? I got a question for you, Matt. So yeah. how long have you been playing VR for? Like a couple months rough? Yeah, I got it. So I bought, so I had a, an Oculus Go quite a while ago. So like maybe- okay two years ago but then I, I got rid of that and then i ended up buying an actual like proper vr headset when they announced this game so that was what december i think it was november okay so my question to you is is i don't get motion sickness at all like i could literally be you know drinking whiskey and have a lot in me and do the whole you know the forward backward movement as i'm doing the opposite in the game you know and there's so many people that just lose themselves over yeah. that feel like they're gonna hurl and with me i've never had that issue no matter what so the problem I have is once I take the headset off, more so early on when I first started playing VR because I played a lot of it right off the bat, is I would take the headset off and I, I feel like I'm floating. I don't know how to explain it. My legs are moving, yeah. but I feel like I'm floating. It's just the weirdest feeling. That that definitely is true for me too. I, I, I think and that's also like why I need the brakes at times is that it is very like again there's you feel like so used to the environment that you're in that when you step back out of reality, it doesn't feel normal right yeah yeah Uh, i had (laughs) yeah 
I, I so again i've played mostly racing sims so like racing sims are just a, a, a little bit of a different beast and i know a lot of people do get motion sickness from that they don't phase me at all um but for some reason when i fired up that like analog stick movement on this game i like immediately just wanted to throw up like it, it was not it, it just did not jive with me where my head is turning one way and the body's going a different way like yep. that was that was surreal i i like it i don't know something it makes it feel like it's more fluid you know what i mean like a more i haven't tried the teleportation in this or or what, what mode do you say you use it's like a it's the in-between one so it's not it's it's teleportation but it, it instead of doing the flash it does the like slight movement with it okay yeah so i i haven't really used that much like there was a couple games early on where you could use that like skyrim initially i thought that's how you ha had to play it and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I like to be able to moving because it feels like you're really in there as you're running forward. To me, I like looking over my shoulder as I'm moving. You know, yeah. I look like looking down at my feet, you know, whatever, you know, if the game supports it, that type of thing. I like being able to look as I'm moving because I feel like I'm enjoying the environment. At the same time, I'm still getting to my objective. Yeah. Like, I like to go as fast as possible. Yeah. Like, Greg, you're, the clip that you're showing right now, um, for those that are actually watching the stream as opposed to listening to it, that was before I ended up switching the setting. So I had, um, I was using, this is just using the basic flash teleportation. And then after that, I ended up switching over to the progressive one. And that plays like an animation when you hop. Yeah, it's it's not really an animation. So like, so right now this just sort of like blacks out and blacks out, uh, blacks in again, or sorry, fades out and fades in as you move yeah. and then you're in the new spot. So with the other one, it actually like, pushes you into the spot um but really quickly <laughs> i like how your finger in the door the other part i don't think you showed this clip you probably cut it out but like the first thing i did when i was up when you first start the game you can like draw with those markers on the glass and i totally oh. just drew a dick immediately oh yeah. dude I, I drew boobs i drew boobs that's awesome i'm pretty sure every single person did that as soon as they got that they drew like dick or boobs or something they're like, oh, markers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, you know, messing with everything, flipping everybody off, you know, fingering everything I could, pushing everything. It was, it was a lot of fun. They let you do it. Like, you can interact with, like, everything. And that's what's cool about it is that, like, it is it, – it, this is, like, a big comparison to make, but, like, it, it has that same sort of feeling that Breath of the Wild had when I first played it where you oh. just want to like explore and interact with things to see how the environment responds. So like the the big difference between this and other Half-Life games is that and why I would make it more akin to something like Breath of the Wild is that like there's multiple ways to solve each puzzle. Like there is not a single way to solve a puzzle. Like you can um I think Valve like released that tweet yesterday where they show like someone kind of pushing out a, a head crab out of the way with a a chair. Right. So that's like a great example of this where you can actually like solve it in more ways than one. Which I find great. So So what yep, kind of ways I, can you solve problems in the game besides that? Like what are the um, different gameplay verbs besides pick up stuff and is it mainly grabbing stuff and either throwing it or slotting it into things or there's a lot of that. Um there's also like these other puzzles they they don't they would not lend well to a non-VR experience with this. So uh, a great example is like one of the classic Half-Life things is to, you know, get one of those um, those wheels for like a, a pump or something like that. And you have to find the wheel and like put it onto the pump and then turn it right. That's like a classic 
mechanic from like I think every Half Life game has had that, right? So yeah. the way that they change it for this is is I think it's like the first one you come across or the second one. It's like stuck to this like like ledge. And you have to like clear these boxes out of the way and then like grab it and drag it across this sort of like handrail thing to get it off of the handrail and like walk around to like pull it off. Um, and so like that's one thing that like you could solve it in a couple of ways. You could either just like blast through the boxes or you could just like drag it along this thing. So th there's a couple of different ways to, to kind of interact with it. Um, there's also like another classic thing is with the uh, what are those monsters called in the ceiling again that like. Barnacles, whatever. Barnacles, yeah, yeah, the barnacles. So, like, you can either throw a bomb or uh, what? Not the bomb, the um, the fuel tanks up to them. But sometimes you don't want to do that because it'll cause other ones to explode. Or you can just like cleverly shoot them so that they don't like mess up any of the other fuel tanks. And so there's there's just multiple ways. Or you can just like throw up a chair and then just like you know run past them. So yeah, and that's kind of classic Half Life, right? Shoot them. Yep give him an explosive or just distract him with a table leg or something. Yep. You know, I, I had a funny association in my head that I wanted to bounce off you guys to see if there's any, if this has any traction. You were talking about the different ways you can manipulate stuff, Matt. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do this, touch this, slide this, spin that, blah, blah, blah. It made me think of all the way back to the first game I ever played on PC, which is Myst. Yep. And getting into one of those puzzle rooms and being like, huh, what does this do? And what does that do? And yep. building the mental maps of stuff like that. Um, it's cool to have something like this where you're actually reaching out and touching with your hands and moving around yeah. in 3D. Like it, it's, it's, uh, I, I've, I've had a sudden, I've had a sudden moment of feeling very lucky to have lived through that transition. Yep. Yeah. Like we're here. It is crazy like the other thing too is that like you have there's an upgrade mechanic in the game um where you have to collect these like resin things to upgrade your weapons right um and the resin is like hid in the craziest places so it's like you don't just bust open a box to try and find the resin sometimes you have to like take a like a box and then step on it and then get above so that you can actually see high up and then like find the proper shelf or locker in which your resin is located at and you can't just like run around and mash the E button to open something, you have to actually physically open the locker to find that resin. And it's just like, it's so radically different. Like you have to, you, you almost are like not solving the puzzles in a way where it's like a game puzzle. You actually like are solving it like, I misplaced my pocket knife and I need to try and find it in my house. Like that's kind of how you approach it. It's just a completely different yeah. way. Yeah, because it's not gamified, right? Where... You know, in, in a game like Half-Life, you can just walk around the walls pressing the use button until something happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but in this, because your 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 means of interacting are your your ten digits on your hands, there's the, the 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 depth of that interaction can be so much higher. Then and so much higher to the fact that just doing something simple, like you said, finding a misplaced object itself can be uh, quite a game. The other, the other part that's interesting, too, with the puzzles is, um, and Brian and I were talking about this right before we started uh -huh. recording, was, um, so with this upgrade mechanic, right, you have these guns that you put into this, like, machine, and then you insert the resin to, like, upgrade the guns. In order to open that machine, there's actually a puzzle that it makes you solve in order to actually, like, activate that particular machine. And, and I'm going to do a horrible job of, like, explaining this, but, like, <laughs> the puzzles are, like, in this weird, like, 3D space, and you have to, like 
kind of like use this tool to sort of con connect different objects within that space to get them to like activate. So like, uh, what was that game? It was, it was like one of those old like Windows free games a while ago. It was called like Pipe Dream or something like that. Do you remember that? Nope. It was like you basically would try and connect the different um, shapes of these pipes to make them form a line so that the pipe would like run, right? So it's like that, but in like a 3D space. And it's just, it, it's, I'll have to like, you'll have to edit in the, the clip of me solving one of them because it's just like a completely different way of thinking about a game altogether um, or a puzzle altogether. So. so you're using some kind of a special tool with your hands to get things to, to kind of magnetize or join kind together? Kind of. Yeah, so there's, there's different ones for each station. So uh -huh. the first one is like you have to get these objects to line up perfectly so that it activates the light within this like orb thing. Um, the second one is like completely different. It's like one of those weird like memory games, but uh -huh. in a 3D space. Like it, it's, I'm, again, I'm horribly explaining it. You should definitely cut in the video of this spot like when you um, edit this later because it'll make a lot more sense. It's worth a thousand <laughs> words. I think we're at like 400. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> just a just just a joke. I'm not counting. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, damn, I'm I'm um you know for for those of you all out there who don't know, I'm the odd man out of this experience. I'm kind of here to join these two gens together because I I don't have an index. I don't have a VR set at all. I'm a I'm a late adopter to most technology. Uh, I don't necessarily like to be on the front lines of get that shit getting figured out. And for VR, I um, I've been very content to sit back and look at the Beat Sabers and look at the Super Hots and those kinds of experiences and be like, oh yeah, you know, um, they seem they seem pretty cool, but I I don't need them, you know. Uh, there's a certain inertia when it comes to needing to adopt new technology to have an experience, even if you can afford it. Um, where you need something like a Half Life Alex to make a statement for the medium, I feel like to be like, yep. This is what you need. It's kind of like almost like a flagship title for a new console, right? Yep. No, that's exactly the case. I mean, there there's other games that are great on VR. Like, I mean, Brian, I know you play Pavlov a lot. I haven't played it yet. Um, but like the racing sims are also fantastic in my opinion as well. But like this is the first true like individual story-based game that I think is trying to kind of like define what that genre is going to be, right? Do you think you have to like Half-Life to enjoy this game? Oh, I don't think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I, bet, I bet, like, I think if you really want to get into the story, you should be interested in, like, if you want to follow the story, definitely you should have played the other games and, like, at least have a, a, a working memory of them. But I feel like anybody could pick this game up, even if they've never played a Half-Life game before, and actually, like, enjoy it. Yeah. Agreed. Brian, I know yeah. you've got kids, right? I've got one. Yep. Have you uh, ever put the VR set on your uh, your child? Yeah, my my seven year old daughter. She is. She picked it up very quickly. Like we, I started off with the Vive. I don't even know how long ago it's been now, but a year and a half ago, maybe whatever it was, uh -huh, maybe two uh -huh. years ago. And she picked it up very quickly. We played like kids games. You know, there's there's a couple games where you can like she can have the headset on and I can be on the you know with the keyboard and mouse like helping or whatever. Blah blah blah. And uh, she's just like so fluid with it. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. You know, she doesn't get that motion sickness, nothing. And, you know, I've got like 
videos of her like literally just dancing as she's playing these games and she's loving it. So. <laughs> and then, That's amazing. Yeah. And then we went to the index and the index I felt like was harder, at least for me. I'm not saying it was hard, but like it took a few tries to get used to the controls, you know, like, you know, like the how you lightly grip the controller to move your fingers in certain games and stuff like that. And she picked that up like faster than I did, you know, so it was, it was impressive. We're just getting old. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's yeah, what it is. <laughs> I still grounded her though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The the one thing that is annoying about the index, I will. I, I know Brian, you have the same beef with it, is that the, it, there is no wireless adapter right now. Um, yeah. And I, in this game especially, I find myself getting tangled like constantly. Yeah, that's that's my biggest pet peeve. Like I loved that about the vibe. As soon as I got it. Like I had it for, it wasn't a week, you know, I, I felt the cord and I was like, well, I was doing my research, like after the fact I was sitting at work and I'm like, you have a wireless adapter? Let me look into that. And I ordered that night. It came a few days later and I'm like, this is, you can't go back after that. It was amazing. And then yep. I ended up going back with the index, but I still feel like the index is, is way ahead of the, the Vive, even though yeah. both are good and they both basically run the same stuff. So yeah, from is what I read, a... it's, it's like the basically like they, they don't have a wireless adapter the bandwidth is too high for wireless on the index because it's like 120 hertz or whatever and i think they're waiting for intel to develop some sort of like wireless processor and when that processor is finished they'll be able to release the wireless feature of the index if i remember correctly that's the gist of what i got too i i stopped reading when they said they're not doing it or they canceled it so i got but yeah, oh, it actually canceled it. Well, yeah, well they postponed it. They they call it. I forget the actual verbs they use, but yeah, basically they they stopped like production on it until they got that new chipset or whatever it was. They, right. I, I can't remember what they called IP seven or something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm totally butchering that, but yeah, I read a little bit about it and I was a little flustered, but because I was really looking forward to that. It's it's a cool experience being totally wireless. You know, no constraints, not tripping, all that stuff. Yeah, the tripping is really annoying because it'll like some some levels you kind of command yourself or it, it expects you to like kind of do 360s in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then I just have the fucking cord wrap around my ankles. It's <laughs> so. Yeah, you'll get good at like, like <laughs> as you're 360ing, you're picking up a foot and then picking up the other one in sequence. <laughs> the one thing that has helped though is, and I'm sure you've done this as well, do you have the rim drawing outline turned on? Uh, Like the chaperone boundary, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, where it like prevents you from like running into something. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So the the boundary, the chaper they call it chaperone. I think it is in Steam. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have it set I, up I, so that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, I have it on there. It's it's like a red, but it's very faint red, so it doesn't like. Sometimes it's like too overwhelming when you're playing a game. You know, you can yeah. actually change the opacity of it to really cut down on it. Yeah, that I actually do need to turn it down because there's some elements kind of like ruins the game a little bit to see those boundaries but um using that has helped with the cord management in a way because i can like point my body away from where i know the, the cord is located yeah, um yeah. and so like that'll help me at least like kind of shift while i'm playing the game so yeah. the good news is that like they, they have controls to like fix your view so that you can get out of a tangle if you need to nice yeah yeah i i've uh I agree with everything you just said there. I, I've been in, enjoying it, even though, like I said, even though it's it's a minor inconvenience in, in most aspects, but there's times when you're in the thick of things and you feel that cord like getting close to wrapping around and you're 
doing that 360 while you're in a firefight or trying to scramble away so you can untangle yourself. It, that Those parts get annoying, but those aren't really that often. Especially if you're trying to reload and then you're <laughs> tangled up and you're just like, oh God, I have like 17 things to to uh, deal with. Have either of you yeah, guys ever you... face planted in a VR headset? I haven't yet, no. I've smashed into things a lot, but that's about it. I have not. However, I do have a story. My my <laughs> brother came over with his wife, and you've seen you've probably seen videos online where people just like they put the headset on, they think they're in a whole nother world, like as if yeah. that's their their real boundary, their real world. So <laughs> my brother was just trying some random like free games. There's a free boxing game, so he's he's doing good. He had a good idea of like where his constraints are. That my daughter's good with that too. She's never bumped anything. Like she's she's very aware of her surroundings. So so my brother's wife puts this thing on and she's in the boxing game and she just runs full speed right into the concrete wall, like in my basement, and threw a punch at the same time and cracked and cracked. This was back when I had the Vive and cracked the the controller. It didn't actually break it, it still worked, but and she like like immediately pulls the headset off. She's like, Oh my gosh, what happened? I'm like, You're still <laughs> you're still in this you earth. Still you know exist. I mean? like, you're still, yeah, <laughs> you're still in this world type thing, you know. But like, I laughed about it because thankfully everything wasn't broken, but it put a big gash in the controller. So I'm glad it was beefy enough to take that hit. But <laughs> and speaking of which, like the index controllers are not like I've I've actually dropped one. It was my fault. I dropped it and the trigger popped off, and I couldn't get it back on. It was just hanging loosely, you know. The, the plastic broke, and I I literally emailed Steam Support, and I'm like, Hey, listen, this was my fault. It wasn't like a malfunction or anything. Blah blah blah. Like, is this under warranty or anything? And the guy responds back fast and he's like, we'll do you a favor this one time and just send you a free one. So they sent me a prepaid shipping label, sent it back. And within a couple of weeks, I had it back. So, Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I, I haven't, I haven't broken anything yet, but I've definitely like run into stuff. So <laughs> the borders help though the those those outlines definitely make a huge difference so but at the same time like you said they do ruin the ambiance like those flashlight scenes where it's supposed to be pitch black sometimes i'm walking around and i see the blue outline i'm like oh yep. this just ruined the immersion hey, even when you turn it down like the opacity it used yeah, it still does a little bit but it's hilarious so you were talking a little bit earlier, uh, Matt, about the the gun mechanics. Have either of you guys had a chance to do much firefighting in the game yet, or are you still progressing to that point? I have. I don't know. Have you? I, I just did that sequence all the way up to that gun, um, that gun upgrade thing, whatever, that I couldn't figure out and got mad and quit on. Um, that's as far as I got. So I did a little bit, but not much. Yeah, it's it's stressful. Like, basically, like, I, I find myself, like, making sure that I can, I have, all, like, my two weapons, I guess, because there's only two right now that I have, but um, making sure they're both, like, fully loaded anytime I know that, anytime I have, like, any downtime, basically, um, because the reload mechanic, like, when you're in a fight and there's, like, you know, three head crabs and, like, a freaking zombie coming after you, like, it's it's really stressful to reload when they're close to you. Um and that that part, like I, again, I think it will take some time, and I'll get used to how the reload works. But like, it is definitely the biggest like kind of curve to the point where it's just not automatic. As pressing R, you actually have to do the physical actions. The other thing that's interesting too, and and I don't know if you've run into this yet either, is that like 
so when you when you find ammo laying around you pick it up and then you have to put it like physically into your backpack right and there's some times where if i don't like put it into the backpack just right i'll actually like drop it on the ground on accident by. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, is that there's a sound cue. yeah yeah there's a, there's a sound cue for it so you know when you do it but it's that's also like taking a little bit of getting used to too I was yeah, just watching yeah. a, a shot of you, Matt, from your VOD on the on the stream where you, you where you threw up a crate and tried to shoot it midair. Yeah, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and just before that, you after after getting the gun, one of the first things you did was you inspected the barrel. You pointed it straight back at yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, just I, to I found that alarming. <laughs> yes, yeah. I haven't tried to commit suicide in the game yet. I'm sure it's possible, but. <laughs> But there oh, is actually, dude. no, there is a thing where sometimes when the crabs jump on your face, you have to shoot them off. Oh, and no that shit's like super stressful too. Oh, dude, you, we got to play Pavlov together, dude. You, the gun mechanics are very similar to this. Oh, you know, yeah. In a fight, you got you to gotta drop the mag. You know, sometimes if, the, if it's racked back, you, know, you got to put the new mag in and just slap it forward type thing. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Like it gets to the point where you're just like, oh, let's like see how fast I can do this, get back into it type thing. Yeah. <laughs> No, I do want to try that game a lot too. It's um, there's just so many fucking games right now, man. So yeah, there are. By the Prepare way, the thing that just said in the chat. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. So he said that he saw someone using a spinal column as a bat and tossing skulls in the air to hit them. I actually tried to do a similar thing later in the stream, but not not with a bat, but trying to juggle skulls where I had like two things in my hands and was trying to juggle them. Didn't really work <laughs> out too well. Um, but it was. I can tell that it's possible. So I also can't juggle in real life. So maybe it translates <laughs> to the game. <laughs> Any jugglers out there? Yeah. Give it a shot. I juggle some skulls. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, that's that's the thing about this is like the detail again, this the watching it somebody stream it doesn't do it justice. Like nope. it it is so crazy how you can like literally interact with every single thing and just pick it up and just fuck with it. Like squeeze the can break the bottle, like pick up the newspaper and read it. Like there's just, it's just, it's, it does not, this is, this is one of those games that like, um, I saw some people talking in the, in discord about this. Like I, it would not work in non VR form. So like, there's a lot of games that obviously get ported to VR, like Skyrim is one of them. There's, there's a number of other games that have done that. Mm -hmm. This game just wouldn't work in, in a traditional setting at all. Agreed. And even the stuff you can't interact with, like when you're going to look around the corner, you can put your hand up and like as if you're like leaning against it, even though you're really not to make it like look and feel natural. You know, what I mean, like if you're going to peek around the corner, chances are you're going to get your face up close and put you your hand RP up next to it as you. Yeah. So like when I when the game first started, I think you're on a balcony. I think this is where I did it. And I was messing around with that. And I went to like look over the the like the edge, the balcony, there was a handrail and my hands actually like kind of like gripped to it a little bit differently where my knuckles were pushed back a little bit as, as if I was like putting my weight on it. You know what I mean? I was like, uh -huh. Oh, that's pretty cool. Even though you're not really doing shit with it, you know, it's, it's a cool little effect they added, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it is really odd. Like just, just what they've done with it in general. Like even the spoon reflections, have you noticed that too? Have you picked up any of the like silverware at all? No, actually, I haven't done that yet. You can pick up a spoon and then like look at the reflection, and it'll actually show within the room as well. Um, it's just it, yeah. Oh, it's, so it's there are bizarre. reflections on handheld objects. Yep. It means you can That's see cool. around corners. 
That I'm wondering if I can actually use that as a gameplay oh. mechanic later on. That would be pretty sweet. He's gonna carry a spoon in his backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so, take actually, this extra ammo. I got I need my spoon. Speaking of the backpack, that's another thing that also took some getting used to. So you have like so you have the backpack for storing the resin and the ammo, but then you also have your gloves for storing syringes and the the little health orbs. So like this is another thing that's like just radically different from other Half-Life. So whenever you find the health station in another Half-Life game, you just go up to it and you press your button and you like actually like can recharge health. So when you find a health station here, you actually can't just like recharge the health. You have to find this like matching, I don't know what they're called. They're like these weird like alien battery things. Um, and you put that, you have to find that first and then put that into the station that you found. And then you like put your hand on it. But like, sorry, that was total tangent. But anyways, going back to the gloves piece, you can actually store stuff in the gloves too. So like syringes or those little like battery things for the for the health stations too. Um, but they don't interchange. So like it'll tell you like, oh, you can't put, you can only put ammo in your backpack. Um, you can't put the syringes in, for example. So it only lets you carry like two syringes at once. And what are the syringes do again? Uh, sorry, I'm feeling dumb here. The syringes are just a little boost of health. That you get. So if you got like oh, okay. by a zombie, you can, so you can carry like a med pack around with you and that kind of idea. Exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just two syringes, or you can carry one of those like weird health charging station batteries too. I think I saw in one of the preview videos that Valve published before before today, in the combat sequence, uh, something about the the guy when he was fighting picking up a syringe and loading it into some kind of gun and. I don't know. It was kind of a confusing sequence. Did you guys watch that? I didn't, no. I don't think I did either. I might have to link it to you guys. Um, it's the one... It's the one um, they put out like three game, different gameplay videos showing off different things. One was like exploration, one was puzzle solving, and the other one was um, combat. Yep. By the way, sorry to, to interrupt you. This is the um, the sequence that's on your stream right now. One yeah. of those weird multi-tool puzzles. Oh. Um, it's not the 3D space ones. These are just for opening doors, but then... Uh -huh. I remember correctly this coming up here is it'll actually show you one of those weapon upgrade areas and oh no this is the health thing actually so watch what happens here so you find this like health kit and it basically like this one already has the battery thing in it but you actually have to find those like batteries in order to actually refill your health most of the time. oh my god the needles that's spooky i don't like that yeah. it's really bizarre <laughs> <laughs> And you actually feel it on your fingers too. It's oh no! Weird. Why? <laughs> he kept putting it back in there. <laughs> That's awesome. He's sticking his yeah, dick in my, there. And then I try to put my gun in there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the the, the multi tool thing is like the puzzle solver in a way, and it's it's just that that one was like kind of a rudimentary example where you had a door, but. Um, when it comes to the gun upgrade stations, those ones are just bizarre. I mean, I've done two of them, and they're like, they're just really different. Like they they take a bit of getting used to. So, but you yeah, can see my uh, rim borders are very uh, in the way. They're blue and bright. Better than running into the wall. That's true. That is very true. I still manage to somehow smack stuff though. Like when I'm reaching out and I'm like at the border. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, do you guys think this is enough to like bring VR into the mainstream? Like, is Alex it? Yeah. Is there is there some 
better, bigger thing that we're waiting for to make VR what it should be? Like, I, I don't know. Because, you know, one of, the, one of the interesting ideas that I've given some thought about, um, one of the late, one of the, uh, Siskel or Ebert, one of those two guys, we talked about this previously on a previous podcast, um, was answering a question about whether or not video games are considered art. And basically, the contention that he made is, well, once once the video game like is you stepping into reality and you can interact with it in a way that is functionally similar to interacting with the real world, in other words, there's no kind of gamified um, user uh, kind of controls, then that's when games can be art. Um, th- that was his contention. I'm not saying I agree with it. But this seems to be a step in that direction. But all the same, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that headsets are yet in a place to, per your guys' musings about the, the cable, right? Where mm-hmm. the average person who's even a serious gamer is necessarily going to want to invest in, basically, from a financial perspective, what is a second high-end computer. Oh, yeah. That's true. And and the index is kind of the extreme version, but the thing is like you can get in the entry point for this is like 300 bucks, right? Well, plus a computer, of course. It's still a lot of money. Um it's not like a cheap investment, but I, I think that I mean subjectively speaking, like I do think this is a really good step in the direction. I think that this game was just an unbelievable amount of work to especially just interacting with it like it's absolutely insane. It looks amazing. It looks good. It feels good. It like it's it's very smooth. Um, I think the thing that is going to help the most, though, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, is that this. So what they did alongside this was they actually updated the Source Engine for um, VR as well. So all the stuff that they use for this game, um, in terms of the like VR engine elements, are now in the Source Engine, and so this is going to become basically like entice the modding community to build on top. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what it's going to actually put the love Valve, the man. sort of mainstream direction. Yeah. yeah. They actually did so it. Uh, yeah. Gabe I'd and... Say... Oh, Go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say, I'm I'm on the fence as far as, like, what I recommend if you have the extra money. Hell yeah. There's, like, you know, the games I've mentioned in the past are, are definitely worth it. You know, so the more games you get is definitely making it more worth it. But if you're, like, one of those people that's kind of hesitant to get it, you know I mean? You don't really need it i mean there might be one or two games that you're kind of interested in you know type thing i, I would say just wait because it's just going to keep getting better and better but this is a huge step in the right direction i think to bring in more people to it yeah and it, it's interesting because like the before this i i think that it like a lot of the single player games at least kind of felt more like proof of concepts like they were sort of like demos of what vr can do rather than full-fledged things i've heard that right? complaint yeah there's, there's a few exceptions to that. I mean, like, I know Pavlov is the racing sims are that way. Um, but still, like, it, it is, it's not that the single player games have all been kind of more demo-like in a lot of ways. Um, and this is absolutely not at all. Like, this is a full-on immersive experience. Where I do think there's going to be, like, I, I again, I, I'd love to be proven wrong on this, but I don't know if it's ever going to be possible. But like, I don't know if VR is going to be like an esports thing, at least in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just the the platform is just not lend itself to that. Um, it, it is just there's there's too much like the thing about esports is that like 
they, they kind of like democratize athleticism in a lot of ways, right? Where like anybody can kind of do it. I know that sounds it's down terrible, the hand movements like, instead of having, yeah, yeah. you know, a high end <laughs> cardiovascular system, well developed muscular structures and or genetics, even right? Genetics, like, right? And, and so, so with this, like it adds that physical element that I think that like it, it converting this to esports is going to be really difficult. So. Yeah. Well, maybe in in the future, athletes and gamers will unite. Yeah. You know. And this may be it. Maybe yeah. uh, League of Legends VR in ten years is like is like <laughs> you have you have high end you know soccer and football athletes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with 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 gamers strapped to their shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I was hoping like I thought it would be cool for there to be some type of deathmatch for this just to show what multiplayer can be on this engine. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm a little bummed that it's only single player. However, I'm assuming, like they said, they were going to release or did release the hammer editor. Did they release that with this? Matt? I can't remember. I know they uh, said they were going to soon though. Yeah. So I would, I would love to mess around with that again. It can't have changed that much. I mean, I'm sure there's new entities and stuff to add in, but as far as like, I think it'd be just fun as hell to, even if I just recreated some levels, you know, made some stuff to go through single player, like I think that'd be fun as hell to make. Yeah. And yeah, you know, with the mod the... support, they're gonna they're gonna be bringing some of these classic mods back too. Yeah, the mods Sorry. are gonna be. That's the the thing that's gonna be the most exciting, I think, too. And the game is amazing, but like, I'm so excited for what this does for the modding future for VR. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um. Uh, so I can't speak to specific plans. Ugh, that's a pretty picture on the stream right now. Uh, but uh-huh. I watched an interview recently that I think IGN or GameSpot, I can't remember who, did with Gabe and uh, and Robin Walker talking about Alex. And uh, they asked specifically about Source uh, Source 2, which I think is the name of the engine this is built on, and whether or not uh-huh. they're going to license it out. And it seems like their philosophy is basically like, yeah, we want to. We kind of want to see if this was actually a good idea first. See if people will resonate with it. See if people... I think the way that Gabe put it is see if this engine is solving problems that people want to solve. Um, Which is language I've heard him use before, too. You know, yeah. I think when being asked about Half-Life 3... One of the things that I've, I've heard him say before, I'll say that this is kind of similar, is that Half-Life needs not just to be a cash-in, not just to be fan service. Half-Life is about solving... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I just yeah, had a video, it, I apologize. Matt, <laughs> you, are, you are pure comedy, man. <laughs> Those of you on the audio... Video, and... By the way, I was just fingering the, the mouth of the zombie. <laughs> It's a little ad hoc dentistry. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Gabe was saying that um, I don't want to make a Half-Life game just because fans want it. I want to make it because I think there's an interesting problem to solve with Half-Life. And here, I think it's quite clear that this is like Gabe and Valve's attempt to be like, we want to solve VR, or at least begin the solution of VR, of what actually is the experience that's going to bring people into the medium um it, i think from what i've seen and from what i'm hearing that this is actually succeeding in hitting that goal would you guys agree with that 
I would. I would say yeah. once they get the index, especially the index, more so like orders caught up. Like I think there's like an eight week waiting period. One of my buddies, when he came over and tried the index, he immediately went home and bought it. Like this is the stingiest guy. Like when it comes to money and saving money, all that stuff. <laughs> He, he went and bought like $1,500 computer and a headset and he had, it said immediately there's going to be an eight week minimum, like a delivery thing. And then he, of course now that's get, probably gotten pushed back because of this whole uh, COVID thing. But um, I, it's definitely bringing people in that I thought really could just do it every once in a while, just, to, you know, have fun with it. So that's, that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, I agree. It's, it is one of those things where it's just like, once people try it, they're going to be sold on it. Um, it. Again, it just does not lend itself well to videos, unfortunately. Um, it, it is very much, an, it, it sort of like affects all of your stimuli, right? So, and the index is the best example of that, but it's $1,000, so. Yeah, I, I got to say two things. Like one, the first thing is, is when you're in a gunfight and you're taking cover behind, let's pretend like there was somebody in this video here, and you're, hugged up against the wall it's a wicked cool feeling like it's like holy shit i can't stand i can't you know poke my big head over the the, you know the top of it you know to peak sometimes you know but the other thing is um is the big the biggest detractor for vr that i think is going to be is the motion sickness and and too many people still get it so that's i would hate for to see somebody you know spend thousands of dollars a couple you know a few hundred dollars to get it and then be disappointed in it and then that's going to be their their view of it until you know the end of time type thing it is funny though like the the index i feel like does reduce at least again it does kind of stir me up a little but like the index is because of the 120 hertz or whatever like it it's less motion sickness inducing and it's only going to get like better for for those people i think hell yeah yeah do you think it's a technology problem as far as the motion sickness goes absolutely uh, yeah, maybe not 100 percent, but it's a big learning curve there you know they they got i feel like it almost to me it feels like they got the basics in now they're trying to tweak it so that it it doesn't quite hit home as hard yeah there's a there's a game called blade and sorcery where it's look at fun game you know they got a lot of mods for it stuff like that however it's the jankiest feeling like you're you can it's locomotion moving so it might mess with matt but like the other thing is it, it feels like it's not stuttering but the movements are really janky, you know, just really like snap, snappy, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's times where I'm like, man, like I, I could see this messing with people because, you know, like, so I had a couple of my buddies over to try it and every single one of them got like sick on it. Just, they were just oh, like, oh, no. come on, Jeez, you know, and, and apparently I'm one of the lucky ones, but, and then that's the same person came over later and tried Pavlov with the index and he loved it. He's like, oh, I'm sold, you know, so that type of thing. So. So for those I of mean, us I who tried... aren't in a loop, what is Pavlov? That's like a I would I wouldn't call it arcadey, but it's it's kind of arcadey in the way the movements are and stuff. But it's a military shooter, uh-huh. and a lot of the the fun from it is the online like game modes. You know, like have you heard of like Trouble in Terror Stone? Oh. Okay, so that's a unique mode. I, I won't go too far into it, but um, have you ever heard of Josh Dub the? Okay, so he's a <laughs> he's a big YouTuber, and he does a lot of stuff with um, Pavlov, where they have different game modes. Like you know, there's the traditional deathmatch, team deathmatch, you know, stuff like that. And then they have the Trouble in Terrorist Town, which is like a unique play on. Um, I'll tell you, I'll just give you a quick rundown on it without going too far into it. But basically, okay, 
Yeah, each 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 round is different, kind of like Counter Strike. So once everybody's dead, boom, it restarts. Uh-huh. And let's say, for instance, there's ten or fifteen people in the server. So you're all going to spawn randomly. So there's three terrorists that spawn, again, randomly. So you could be the terrorist one round, and the next round you might not be. So the the terrorists have to try to kill everybody. But nobody knows who the terrorists are except for the terrorists. They can see who their their teammates are. And they're trying to, like, voice, like, they're talking over voice, like, oh, hey, oh, that guy over there. You know, there's a lot of deceit and trust issues with it. Uh, Sounds like mafia. Yeah, and then there's like everybody else is innocence, and they don't know what the hell's going on. So they're like, "Hey, get away from me!" Get and, you know, you're all pointing guns at each other. Get you back, you back, you know. And then the detective, <laughs> detective's trying to bring reason into this, and he he might have a couple scans where he can scan two people, and then his charges run out type thing. So then he gets a couple buddies, you know. So there's just a lot of stuff going on at once, and it's so much fun to see the deceit like of people round around. It makes it so much fun. That's cool. So yeah, everyone that's, that's... playing that game would have to have their own VR headset on their own system, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, people play with the Vive, people play with the Index. Um, that's it's through Steam VR. So those are the two you pretty much got. Gotcha. But... It sounds like you're a real evangelist for this, man. Like you're exposing a lot of people to VR in general. Really? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I I. <laughs> I, I just I, I can understand at the same time like the people that are kind of on the fence about it because there is not a lot out there, but they do have some really good games. Like Oculus has got some great games, and I've been able to play them through the free uh, program called Revive, where you can actually port it over to Steam VR, huh. and you can play it. So like a game called Lone Echo is, it's a I would call it like a AAA game. It's got a huge story mode. You're you're on like this space station you're a robot helping this human and the graphics are phenomenal it's it's a wicked cool storyline like that's one of the big games that's like really saying hey look what vr can do you know and now with you know alex coming out it's like hey look what we can really do at this point you know they're just stepping it up a huge huge notch so it's wicked cool to see how far they're coming so quickly wait can you i didn't realize this is is oculus the their store is not natively non-oculus headsets no, say that again. It's not supported in their, what? Their um, their games on their store are not natively supported for non-Oculus headsets, or they Correct. don't natively support them. I did not know that. Yeah, because so the reverse is true, right? Like Steam uh, lets people play with Oculus, correct? I see, that's the part I'm not 100 percent sure. I think there's certain games that like will put it on each platform. That's the way I took it. Maybe there's something I'm missing there, but I know there's a lot of games that you can actually download this this program called Revive and. You you literally install the Oculus um, dashboard or whatever you want to call it. It's almost the same as Steam VR. It's their version of it, and you buy the game. You know, Lone Echo, boom. You know, forty bucks, whatever it is. And then in your menu, when you go into Steam VR, after Revive is installed, there'll be a little button that pops up, a new button on your menu, and it'll say, "Hey, here's Revive. Here's all the games you can play with it." So, like, I played through all the Vader Immortal games that I never would have been able to play without having the the oculus so it's pretty it's pretty slick huh i will have to check that out hell yeah yeah oculus has got some really unique stuff which you know i don't want to buy a second headset definitely not but so it's kind of cool to go through that and and pick which ones i want and and get the best of both yeah i had i had an oculus go for a short period of time um but obviously it's that one's very very limited right like it's not it's the standalone headset, which is cool because like you don't need to plug it into a computer or anything like that. But um, yeah. because of that, it it is 
the things that you can do with it are fairly limited. So it's like all single player stuff, right? No multiplayer. Yeah, all yeah. single player, very basic games. Like, it only has like 16 gigs of storage on there, anyways, and a lot of COS. So yeah, there's. I've played with. Uh, I've I've learned a little bit about it through the guys I play. It's like a VR poker, which is pretty fun. And they'll tell me a lot, like the difference between like the Rift is basically the same thing, except for it's got a cable to a computer. Am I right? Yep, exactly. Okay, yeah. So we'll play. I'll, I'll, I'm able to play cross-platform with other VR people all over the world playing poker, and you know, pretend coughing on them at this game to piss them off. And then <laughs> that's like a. <laughs> that's I didn't even funny. think about that. Like VR poker is probably great for. It is. It's it's great if you're in the mood to just chill and relax for a little bit. You know, you had a couple of drinks, you want to sit down. I can literally sit on the edge of my couch and still be in my zone, and uh, you know, just chilling, like talking to people, and this is pretty. It's pretty. That is so 21st century, man. Kicking Hell back yeah. on your couch at the end of a long day, you're in your underwear, dirty t-shirt, you got a beer, <laughs> and a fucking virtual reality headset. Yeah, <laughs> I love that image. And yeah. I make sure every single one of those people at the table know that that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Speaking slick. Speaking of what you're wearing, Brian, you you blew my mind with with your stream <laughs> setup. I'm gonna put that on right now if I can get it going here. Yeah. Okay. Should be seeing it now. So your your Twitch user is Fat Thor, which looking at your stream, I understand now. Yep. Tell Easily, me a yeah. little bit about your setup. <laughs> so it all, it's the... <laughs> all right. So this is my first take with the green screen, and I showed you guys the video where I, you know, did a retake of uh, Thor entering Wakanda, but that's where it kind of <laughs> all started. But I, I got this. My daughter likes the Avengers, and I do too. I mean, I enjoy the movies, and she wanted to be Gamora, and I picked out a costume, and I found this great one Aww. online. And uh, yeah, so we had a great time during Halloween, and then I just kept. I kept wearing this thing. I just thought it'd be funny to, to mess with people when they come over and they see me answer the door with this thing on. And it kind of became a thing after that where I just kept building on that. And so this is my first attempt at the green screen. You know, I'm not perfect at it, but it actually doesn't look too bad here. But yeah, it looks yeah I just good. started I started messing around with it. I thought it'd be funny to see Fat Thor, you know, playing a stupid video game. Is that your real hair? No, God, no. No, no, no. I that would be like amazing. That. <laughs> I wish, it's a great yeah. costume. It is the 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 wig and the beard are different from what comes with the costume. The the, the hair that comes with that costume looks like Donald Trump hair. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I immediately burned that one. But um, this one is great. It's like a totally separate thing, and you know, put that on there. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty slick. I I enjoy putting that on, just messing with people. Are you going to continue the theme going on? I think so. I think so. I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah I like it's it. Hilarious. Look at the stupid axe attached to the back. <laughs> uh, so, so not... I gotta say, uh, I I see a big difference in your gameplay versus Matt's with with you doing the um the joystick movement. It seems like you're uh you're just moving around the environment a lot more fluently by comparison. But the big thing you'll see is he solves the puzzles like in a fraction of a second, and I'm. <laughs> Fucking failing for fifty. Okay, this is this well, must have Thor. been twenty minutes into my stream. Then <laughs> you're Thor, I you guess. know, all muscle. He gets to, he gets to experience the environments better, uh, whereas all puzzles better, I guess, because otherwise I would be getting motion sickness. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish I wish we could see me draw the boobs at the beginning. That was my favorite. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I didn't yep. get that. You have to cut those in, Greg. Because did you record right. it drawing the boobs or no? Yeah, I started the stream like a minute or two before you actually start the game. So hopefully it showed. Yeah, Greg, you'll have to cut both of ours in, like the um, the dick drawing and the boob drawing. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm I got sure yours like... in, Matt. That was right at the start of the stream. But oh, yeah, I will try to find yours too, Brian. We'll, we'll get that going. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody has has done that. Like they must like not everybody, but I, I'm guessing most people have drawn some sort of like immature thing on there. It's smart of them to put that right at the start. It's like a yeah. a huge moment to be like, voila, VR is crazy, and I'm gonna draw yeah. lewd things. Um, what? Yep. <laughs> so uh, Valve actually came out with this thing for VR a while back, a couple years ago, whatever called. Um, gosh, is it the lab? I think it's called something lab and you actually start off in this like little area and there's these not stick figure, but like the flat, like they almost look like the, what am I trying to say? The details of like the man and woman sign on the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like a flat image of a character and they're uh -huh. running around this warehouse, you know, like putting packages together, stuff like that. And you're standing there and you're in front of a marker board and you can literally pick up the eraser and just erase it. Like as if you're erasing it in real life, you know, and swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you're drawing boobs and dicks and stuff on there, you know, and I send videos to my buddies at work, you know, saying, you know, crude things, stuff like that. But it's it's I thought that was the coolest thing back then. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait to draw more, you know, like stupid little things like that is like one little step, one little step, you know, yeah. it's kind of cool. The other thing I noticed on your stream, too, that you have, you have the subtitles. Yeah, I thought that would be good in case um, like I didn't. Obviously, I screwed up the audio as uh, bad luck was saying, but like. Um, I thought it'd be, I don't know if it'd be good for people to see or not. So I just plugged it. In. Yeah. My audio is messed up at first too. There is some, there's some weird learning curves to getting the audio working on the streams for VR. So yeah, you see me bending over and picking shit up instead of pulling it towards me. <laughs> I, I totally did that at the beginning too. Like it's eventually you're just like, fuck it. I'm not going to bend over and pick this up. I'm going to use the gravity gloves. Yeah. It is uh, funny watching you do this portion versus like when I was doing it. Like you pick up the hand, I am the face and start picking for the face out. every yeah. time. Because right? <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> it was so beautiful to hold their faces in my hand. See that part right there, like screwed with them. Like what the heck am I in? Oh no. Yeah. So that orange stuff is how they basically like prevent you from putting your head through a wall and getting um like clipping with it. But like, uh, look, I'm walking around like a three foot radius. There you go. Yeah, and that was finally like jarred. That that really messed with my head. I'm like, what the frick is going on? Watch me, watch me screw it up. Believe in the force. You can do it. It took a bit of getting used to at first, but now it's like automatic. Oh, so. it is. It's the good thing is that I'm pretty sure that I don't even think I found that piece of resin. So, uh, <laughs> and you yeah. did. So the one yeah. at the tube. I don't think I actually accomplished getting it. Look at look at this fucking jackass. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, whatever. <laughs> Wait, I want to be curious too. Do you fuck with the toilet here too? Oh God, yeah. I, was, I actually said I needed a drink at one point during it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to stick my finger in there. There's another one I didn't even find either. Jesus Christ. See, this is the thing about this game is that like there's so much in the environment that like I, I'm watching him play it and like I missed yeah. a lot of that resin. Like I didn't yeah. even get any of it. So 
I knocked on the door first. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> so classy. It's so stupid. Jesus, so I love it. on the mass stream, he immediately bent down and put his head right in there. Oh, yep, you're doing it too. Yeah. Not all the way in, though. Not all the way in. You're looking for a floater, and that's what you're. So yeah. for those listening, we're we're at a, a porta potty, and uh, we're investigating the premises for weapon pickups. And the question is. Is, are there juicy items inside the porta potty? So, <laughs> but there was a clip. So exciting VR gameplay. Mm-hmm. So what else is there to say about Half Life, Alex? Guys, I gotta play it more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me, me especially. Yep. Do we know how many hours we expect it to take people to get through? Have there been any estimates out? I, I read twelve to fourteen. Right, so I chunky. got at least 60. I got a good 60. Okay. <laughs> Take it your sweet time. 60 <laughs> hours. Well, here's a question, Matt. Can you eventually run in this game? Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten that far yet. If it, okay. Because so, I'm literally um, like walking everywhere, and that's, that's weird to me. Yeah, I have, I have not gotten to a run portion. I know that if I was running in the game, I would... But again, the teleports are like pretty quick, so like... I definitely bounce around a lot more. Yeah. I have a feeling like that might help you in gunfights, like more so um, than it does me. Like I'll be, I'll be still walking like as I try to go from cover to cover, you know? So it, it does. I thought that at first, but then there was times where I tried to like teleport my way out of a situation uh, when I'm like fighting some of the zombies. But the way that they've like designed the gameplay for it is that like most of your gunfights are in close quarters so like you can't really like run away because you're actually physically blocked by by the different like aliens. Oh, okay. And so it's like it, it, it's they kind of got around it. Like you you know most of the gunfights at least that I've come across are in like small corridors, so you can't like run away very easily. I've tried, believe me, because I'm like oh shit, I can't fucking reload fast enough, and I try to run away and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where I I pull the the body out and like. I use it as a, a boost to get in there. What? See, this is so Greg, this is a great oh. example actually of how we, we solved this differently. So he used the body to get up there and well, I actually picked up the crate. Well, I did both. I just put the crate on top of the body just to be honest. Oh, with. got it. <laughs> okay, <let's> see. <laughs> oh god. See what's funny is you picked that up way faster than I did. I like was hunting around for a good like three minutes trying to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, there's a crate. And I like stood on top of the crate and I was like, oh, this will get me in. <laughs> um, what difficulty level are you playing on this? I think I just started at normal. Yeah. Whatever the Norm default. Normal is default. Yeah. And they, they have, I think, like story, easy, normal, and then hard. Um, I usually play games like in general on hard, but like with this one, I'm taking a little bit of a step back just because the, the, sort of like environmental learning curve, I guess, is just way different. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to give the joystick well, movement a shot again, though, but I guarantee it's that long. So Nice. See, now that's that's one thing that's different in Half-Life, or in, excuse me, in Alex, is when I'm aiming down the sights, you can see what I'm aiming at down the sights. Yeah. And I was saying something earlier about, like, some games, like when you're recording and you want people to see what you're looking at, like it kind of cuts off part of the screen. Yep. So like I would kind of camp my head down a little bit so you could see it more clearly, like in the center of the picture. Yeah. Like this one. And the other thing is, is you're aiming down the sights, like in Pavlov and you're recording it. It looks like you're just looking off to the left of the scope. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I actually am closing one of my eyes 
on the site too. <laughs> okay. Like an actual uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This this part took me way too long, so this will be like another twenty minutes. So when we're looking oh, at so this yeah. uh, actual gameplay footage, are we just seeing one eye? Is that the way this works? Yep. Like with I don't know if Matt went through his settings, but I picked like right eye for me because that's it says basically the you want to pick the one where you aim down the sights with so that the viewers can see it. Right. Yeah, mine is the right eye as well. Okay. Yeah, and then. You can change like this. They call it smoothness, like spectator smoothness or something like that. I, I don't know really quite exactly what that does, but I don't. Maybe it like kind of blends together the jerky movements a little bit more. I I don't know. I think honestly, that's also probably why the the like streaming and like videos of this don't really do it justice. Is that like the three D perspective is so much stronger when you're actually wearing the headset. Yeah. Um, you don't really get that in the video as much. Like it's a major major difference that's so funny so it was it's funny watching you solve this so for those listening he's there's this puzzle here where you have to like activate the the door here um and i found the the object that you needed to activate it and i was like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna need this later and then lo and behold i'm carrying this fucking thing around oh okay <laughs> i was wondering why you had it so quickly i'm like yeah you must have because I found it early on, so. Yeah, I'm I'm stupid. This is gonna look like a toddler trying to color in. <laughs> toddler is hilarious. Like watching people just play this game for the first time. Because again, it's so different. You're just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? It. And every time I keep reminding myself, I'm like, what would I do if I fucking lost my keys? Like that's <laughs> like, like <laughs> stomp around like an idiot. Yeah. Look, I'm looking at the trash. <laughs> <laughs> did I throw that away? Did I keep the trash? What did I? <laughs> yeah, we need to get Taylor to get a VR headset so that when you guys are stumbling around, he can he can frustratedly yell instructions at us. Yeah, <laughs> he was on my stream at first, but I actually started turning people off when I'm streaming it. You Why mean the voice? Yeah, because just because the dialogue is so good and it's hard to like people talk. Yeah, you want to concentrate. Yeah. See, that's it's funny because I tried to go into that. This is where I found them like, oh, okay. I walked past that 15 times. Um, I'm I'm like, I feel like the same way. Like people want to see the, the or hear the story and experience it. And then I make stupid comments that only I find is funny. So yep. I kind of. Oh, Greg. So this is one of the, this is one of those puzzles. So to unlock them, they're in like this odd 3D space. Um that you have to interact with this orb. So these are like the different types of puzzles that you solve. Oh, cool. This is a simple one, but they get progressively as the time goes on. That's pretty neat, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm yeah, in that's... trouble. That was, that was an easy one. Well, gents, I think that we've uh, gone over most of uh, what's, what, I think what I've heard about what's going on with Half-Life. Maybe we should uh, wrap this up. Yeah. Well, we should yeah. do a follow-up, I think, too, once we both finish. Yeah, so I've, I'm labeling this first impressions, right? Yeah. You guys are going to plow through this, and we should definitely talk again. But initial thoughts. Is this got, is this meeting your guys' expectations, exceeding your expectations? How are you feeling with regard to the hype? I, I will say it definitely... So I had pretty high expectations for it. So a friend of mine had a chance to play it early on and he was hyping it pretty hard um 
and he didn't really tell me much other than the fact that he was just like, it's going to blow you away. So my expectations were high. I would say that it actually has exceeded them because like, it's just, it's just so drastically different than anything. And that's really like what it, what is so appealing about it is that it's just not what you would ever expect. Um, it, it, it moves slower, but that's okay. Like it's very similar to the same feeling that you have playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. And you got to figure out how to like interact with your environment in order to actually play through the game. So in that regard, yes, it's exceeded them. Nice. Brian? I would agree. Um, I would say that it definitely exceeded them. I was, you know, seeing the the few seconds of gameplay before I, I cut it off not to ruin anything. I got to see a little bit of the movement and playing in it and being in that world that feels so real and, and touching everything around you is such a cool feeling. So I would say that definitely exceeded it by far because it's, it's so cool just messing with the objects around you, you know. It really brings the immersion, and that's the biggest thing with VR is a lot of games are immersion breakers because you might see, you know, like the, the boundary outline or, you know, there's things that you can't interact with which seem like you should type thing, and this just... This just slams at home, I feel like, and I'm only a few hours in or ten minutes in, so I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty excited. Nice, good job, Gabe and company. Gabe hell and yeah, president. Yeah, I'll hail Valve. I'll praise Gabe. Yeah. All right. Well, more to come. Thanks everyone for joining us here, at Basement Side. I've been your host, Greg, aka Deeg, and joined, of course, by Matt and Brian. You can catch us all on our social media links, which will be in the description of the various forms of this media as it goes out. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Have a good night, gents.